goddess is like the feminine expression of all that is. And so, of course, the feminine body is the most obvious expression of the feminine energy, the feminine um, goddessness. <laughs> and what I really love, or what healed me also in releasing some of the judgment that we have, because just as we can have that judgment on ourselves, that our body is to this, not enough that, we also are being trained to think about that from other people, right? Oh, this person is too much this. Oh, this person is too much that. Or this person has ginger hair. Oh, this person has blonde hair or whatever, right? We always have these judgmental ways of, or we're being trained to be incredibly judgmental of others as well. And the way that I healed that which to me is linked with the sister wound, right? Healing me being incredibly criticizing and overly judgmental to other women was by deciding to see every woman as an expression of the goddess, right? We all have similarities and we all have differences and that is incredibly beautiful. And it's that, that is the magic of it all. And every woman is an expression of the goddess. And in this way, the goddess becomes this holographic fractal, just, you know, constantly gener generating new forms of herself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cyclical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am Sara Dusselara, founder of the Wild Rose Mystery School a place dedicated to reawakening the wild cyclical ways of our earth body and soul enjoy this episode my love today's episode is a solo one by me your host sarah it is my mission to harmonize women with the natural cyclical rhythms of their body nature and the song of their soul as I soon became aware of by losing my mother to ovarian cancer, many women experience their body as a source of pain and suffering. And many women also struggle to take action and live the life of their dreams, of the deep desires of their soul. And although this is the story that we've inherited, we can easily turn it around and reclaim our creative power and thrive. I've seen it time and time again. Doing so opens women up to their deepest layers and empowers them to live a life rooted in pleasure and soul purpose. And so this led me on a deep training in social work, traditional herbal medicine, massage therapy, and the mystical arts of the Avalon Rose lineage, priestess of sacred sound, and certified Avalon Rose chapel practitioner. It is my daily passion and drive to learn more about and assist you in how to thrive in your feminine body so that you can live the life of your dreams. So without much further ado, here's another episode that will assist you in doing just that. In this new episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast, I want to take you on a journey into your body as the temple, as the living temple of the goddess and how to take care of that amazing vehicle, that amazing piece of evolutionary 
biological, scientific, amazing thing that is our body that does so many incredible things for us, right? That our heart is beating. And if you're listening, your eardrums are working and they are sending these signals and you're interpreting these signals and, you know, all that stuff, that's all things that happen in our bodies. And the reason why I really want to make this episode on how to live in your body as a manifestation of the goddess, of a temple of the goddess is because in our modern society and in lots of the mainstream commercials, movies, storylines, we are being taught, taught and fed lots of ideas and lots of tools on how to be very mean to our body, how to criticize our body, how to think of our bodies as never enough, right? not skinny enough or maybe too skinny or not not you know the skin is not glowy enough the lips are not thick enough and all this all this constant um these energy leaks of our bodies as not being good enough it really takes away the truth of the matter which is that our bodies are just incredible and our bodies are these amazing vehicles that know how to do stuff just by itself like none of us needed to teach our body how to um, digest food none of us needed to teach our bodies that they knew all that stuff inherently and so this beautiful vehicle that we have we really would it's so empowering if we start loving it for as it is instead of start try to spend so much time and energy and money which is in, in essence also time and energy right on trying to shape it into a form that we really want it to be in because this lady on the keeping up with the Kardashians has that kind of body. And now I want that body too. And if I don't have it, then I'm not going to be good enough, but I'm never going to have it because I'm not her. And she's not her because it's not <laughs> her body anyway. It's like a huge, you know, there's a team of 20 people that are um, working on the body and then afterwards with the Photoshop as well, you know, so, so nobody has that body. And yet so many people of us are stuck in that eternal loop of trying to get to that body. And of course, I mean, I'm, I'm not throwing shade on people who want to or are, are, are inspired by the Kardashians and not even the Kardashians themselves, right? They live their lives. I really, I don't, not that bothered by it. I'm just saying that for those of you who feel or who are very hard on yourself and who want to live with a different template, want to live with a different set of internal rules and internal values. And that would be the values of, I love my body. I love myself. I'm okay with my curves. I'm okay with my, I don't know, this thing that pops out out of that side. And I'm just going to take care of it from a space of loving tenderness instead of it needs to fit the mold because who made that mold? Not somebody who had your best interest at heart. And so this is why I'm very passionate to speak about this subject, right? And so in today's episode, I want to cover a, a couple of topics. I want to cover the topic of our body from 
the phase of the modern um, way of looking at it, right? Where it's not good enough, um, well, the feminine body at least, you know, where it's not good enough, where maybe the modern subconscious stories and patterns and belief systems are dictating a lot of our daily lives and how when we get clear on them, how we can shift them and transform them so that we can, you know, live from a more empowered and pleasurable way. I also want to briefly go over some of the history and how the feminine body was the original template of what a deity looked like, right? We have so many examples of goddesses throughout the history um, that it's really funny that we kind of forgot that the feminine body is actually the base of the goddess and the feminine body is this incredible, incredible vehicle for creation and manifestation, uh, both in the physical, but also in the metaphysical, right? In ideas and all that stuff. And then I also want to take you on a couple of practical tools and techniques that you can do to really take care of your feminine body as the beautiful manifestation of the goddess that she is, the beautiful, unique manifestation of the goddess that she is. Uh, and for that, we're also going to be inspired by incredible women in history. The courtesans, I know it might sound really weird for those who know who the courtesans are. It's kind of like, uh, are you going to be inspired by a bunch of high-class prostitutes? Yes, we are. Because these women were epic and we're going to learn how epic they are. <laughs> and maybe be inspired to uh, take some of their beautiful tools that they used in their life and use them in our daily life to, again, live a more empowered and a more full, pleasurable, soulful life, right? So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Um, so the feminine body where today many women are struggling in the feminine body and that is on a ideological point of view right because of course the feminine body it's especially nowadays i mean it's there's so many opinions on the feminine body how to dress how not to dress um there's also a lot of effects of it like there's many ideas that are being put on the feminine body and yes this podcast totally is another person who has an idea over the feminine body <laughs> and of course the lived experience um and it's up to you i mean none of them are good or bad inherently there there's medicine and everything and it's up to you to kind of see through all the information that you get and find what works for you what doesn't work for you um but also in the modern way of looking, a lot of women are really struggling physically in their feminine body. There are so many illnesses and diseases going on in the feminine body, especially related to the menstrual cycle, but also um, to bigger, you know, um, not just the menstrual cycle, but just the, the feminine organs, right? There, there are so many discomforts pain that women go through severe or light but most oft more often than not chronic pains that just keep coming back from the feminine body and in my experience from 
uh, coaching my clients, from doing lots and lots of research, and uh, also in my own transformational journey, I found that a lot and even the majority of the physical discomforts that women experience in their bodies can be solved by living a more holistic life where we really follow the natural rhythms of the body, right? Especially the feminine body is rhythmic. Everyone's rhythmic. Everything in the universe is rhythmic. And if you think that that's a little bit too woo-woo, just think about the heartbeat. The heartbeat is the original rhythm that sustains life, right? So everything is rhythmic. And then you have these bigger rhythms in the feminine body in the menstrual cycle. But of course, women who are no longer menstruating or for some reason are not menstruating for a, on a particular moment, there is still, or forever, there is still this rhythm, this primal rhythm that is, exists in the feminine body. And in the fourth episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast, um, where I talk about the um, blood mysteries, I speak about the red and the white stream. And that is basically that rhythm that I'm speaking about that exists in the feminine body. And so if you really want to know more about that, I would advise you to go and listen to that episode where I go deeper into these two streams that make the rhythm of the feminine body. And so because in our modern life, we are asked to live in a very linear way, right? We, we are asked to, in a month or a moon to moon basis, well, actually, most people don't even know what the moon is doing, right? Uh, so that already is a big step for people to, uh, to live more in sync with the moon, or live more in sync with their bodies. It is almost impossible, especially if you're doing a job where you're being asked to show up uh, from Monday to Friday, or does, or maybe you're working shifts, right? And you're, you're being asked to show up from this hour and this hour, no matter what your body is doing. I mean, in very few, I think there are some countries in Scandinavia and the Netherlands, they're speaking about it as well, where they're thinking about or um, in the process of giving women some days off during their menstruation, because they see on the long run that it does um, increase productivity instead of decrease right? Because they think that, oh, if we show up every day, productivity will be higher. But actually, no, in a feminine body, when she has rest at her menstrual period, or if you're no longer menstruating, right, then you still have your inner um, dark moon phase, right? The period of rest, when you actually give yourself permission to take rest during those days, it turns out that productivity increases throughout the whole of the cycle. And this, there's some beginnings of research being done on this but of course this is all very new because the feminine body has not been researched as much as the masculine body it is for example only since the 1950s that the feminine body has been researched in her menstrual cycle and even today in the modern medicines it's only now that they've actually been doing they start to do studies uh, on the feminine body that is a lot more curvaceous that is a lot more in that more expressive rhythm than the male body is uh, from a biological perspective. 
So when we are being asked to live in that linear fashion, this can weigh very heavily on the body. And maybe it's not just the linear fashion. Maybe you are totally okay with the linear fashion, but we are often overexhausted on a constant. And that is speaking for all humans here. Our men as well, they are also very tired, um, but focusing on the feminine you know, when we, when we really push ourselves over our limits all the time, it is natural that that starts to weigh on our bodies, on our bodies that are designed in that original rhythm of action and rest, right? Those two streams, the red stream being the rest and internal stream, uh, the white stream being the external action stream. Everything in nature is designed in those two streams and those two main components, those two main rhythms or expressions of the rhythm. And so when we deny that rhythm, go beyond what we're designed to do and push ourselves always into the action that can manifest in disease and discomfort. And a lot of the pain that women are experiencing can be linked to that. And a lot of the discomfort in the body, the physical discomfort could be solved just by taking it easy when your body needs to take it easy right? Give our bodies that time for rejuvenation because our bodies are incredibly rejuvenative, right? All the time cells are dying and being formed, of course, over your lifespan, that kind of uh, the amount kind of decreases or, um, over time, right? But in generally speaking, that regeneration is constant. Um, so if we really give ourselves time to do that, and then if we feed ourselves with the good nutrients that actually assist in the regeneration of the good cells and not um, give ourselves these poisonous-like foods that will make that process so much harder to do for our bodies, then of course, that's all going to have an effect on a more healthy, thriving experience of the body. Um, so that really is like that where that's where we can change for ourselves. That template of being in the feminine body means suffering or physical suffering. And that is on the very physical level. But then of course, when we're talking about the feminine body, we also need to address the feminine uh, or the, the ideas that we have that we hold over our body. And so there are so many, like I said, there are so many opinions of what a body should look like, um, that it's, that we can be very hard on ourselves, right? Especially people who are a little bit overweight, they could be so hard on themselves for being overweight, or, um, maybe somebody else is super hard on themselves for having a nose that is a different shape or having some, I don't know, an expression of the body that might seem a little bit different than what is normal. But what is normal? If we say that normal is a Photoshop model that has gone first through layers and layers of makeup uh, and then through layers of layers of Photoshop, that's not normal. That's a computer. <laughs> that's a computer that we're trying to uh, uh, mirror ourselves from. And so it's a terrible, terrible thing to mirror ourselves from. And I think that is already a lot of people have that knowledge, right? Of, yeah, for sure. I mean, the models and they have all the um, Photoshop and whatnot. And in real life, they look different, right? We may have the idea that 
the, the awareness that that is the case, but still the lived experience might still be of, mm, actually, I don't like the shape of my nose or mm, actually, I don't really like that my belly is stretched after giving birth and it's not returning to normal, right? Just that phrase alone returning to normal. What does that even mean? Normal is not the maiden. And that is the underlying problem that exists there is where in our current culture, youth is being over um, emphasized, over adored, right? Anything of true beauty and value in our current culture is young and vibrant and so in the feminine archetypes that would be the maiden archetype the young woman she is seen as that is what normal looks like for a lady and that is why i think it's so sad that in our um in the mainstream movies even if an old lady comes up it's an old lady with so much botox that you can't even see her wrinkles more often than not and if she has wrinkles and gray hair most often she's depicted as the bad guy, right? As the evil witch, which in modern uh, movies is now the evil bitch, right? Instead of the witch. But that is a lot, you know, when I, I invite you now to kind of look for that as well, when you're looking at the movies or whatever you're, you kind of do on your free time, still do it, still enjoy it. I mean, I still enjoy Hollywood movies. I'm, I'm super big on binge watching and I love that. But it's also good to be aware of how they portray what a good and quote unquote normal woman should look like and what is deviated from that. And that we can look at whom is seen as the hero and who is seen as the anti-hero, the one that we don't like. And there we see that the young maiden still is seen as the hero. And now they're trying to put the mother also as the hero, but it's a very... Um, you know, again, it's the mother who has the skinny body, who after giving birth is really active and doesn't have um, the hormonal ups and downs that motherhood brings, all that stuff, right? It's that very static, linear view of life that is being seen as normal. But let me tell you, that's not normal. It, and everyone knows, everyone can answer this for themselves. What is normal? being young all the time, never aging, never, you know, if, if your body just has extended massively for a baby and then after you've given birth, it just goes back to like that tight little thing with no stretch marks or nothing. And that stays until you're old and you maybe have two wrinkles, but not more. Is that normal or is the growing setting out and growing back in and changing and shifting and having some stretch marks or maybe having a little bit of excess fat when you're going from um, perimenopause into menopause and then after postmenopause, having all those hormonal changes have an effect on how your body stores fat or not, right? All that stuff and getting wrinkles and getting old and getting gray is that normal or was the youthful eternal youth normal of course the eternal youth is not normal that is just a story that has been told to us that we've repeated generation upon generation and right now with the consumerism is just grown into take this cream for your face and do that for your ass and do this for your lips and all that right but it is not the quote-unquote normal if you define normal as 
what nature has provided for us, kind of like the blueprint, the original blueprint that nature has provided um, and not what human humanity has made of it, which by the way, does not mean that I think that humanity should not create anything and we just should forever stay in the cave. Of course not, right? Like I just said, I was blessing my computer because I love technology. I love evolution. I'm all for human creativity, but let that creativity come from a place of empowerment, from love, from deep connection to the soul of who we are, the love for our bodies. And then we won't create harmful products um, that are actually not good for our skin and that may or may not reduce the wrinkles, right? We might look at life from a more holistic perspective and create a cream that just feels incredibly lush and that supports the pores and that supports the texture of the skin and maybe do a scrub to help the shedding process, right? Um, all that stuff, that's beautiful creations, but that is creating with the power of the body instead of against the natural functions of growing old or um, growing fat or whatever, right? I mean, growing fat was not the right turn of time, turn of phrase, but you know what I meant. Uh, <laughs> I'm touched by native language, right? I'm speaking in a different language. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, so that really is like the things where we can totally regain some of the power that we have. And in the Wise Woman uh, Rising course, I go deep into also how the feminine body is being, uh, how there's, um, she is being discussed in the scientific and the modern healthcare system and where we can do have benefit from a more holistic approach where the uniqueness of the body is being celebrated but for now let's go into that right let's go into celebrating our uniqueness and that therefore i also named this episode living in your body as the template of the goddess as a living template a living temple of the goddess because that's really where i feel there is so much magic that can be reclaimed is where we don't see a god or a goddess as some outside force that we can call upon that we can pray to but we actually see everything of life as a manifestation of god or goddess because the way that i use the term god or goddess is really in the term of phrase of everything it's everything all of it so that includes us and when we say, when we, when I speak about the goddess, of course, it's the feminine expression of that everythingness. So it's not everything. <laughs> it's kind of like the feminine expression of all that is that we know from our perspective, which is still very limited, right? Because we're, we're only simple humans. We're still, we, we have a very limited perspective of the universe, but the perspective that we have is quite rad and quite cool and we can express and play with it. So <laughs> the way that, um, Again, so the goddess is like the feminine expression of all that is. And so, of course, the feminine body is the most obvious expression of the feminine energy, the feminine um, goddessness. <laughs> and what I really love, or what healed me also in releasing some of the judgment that we have, because 
just as we can have that judgment on ourselves that our body is to this, not enough that, we also are being trained to think about that from other people, right? Oh, this person is too much this. Oh, this person is too much that. Or this person has ginger hair. Oh, this person has blonde hair or whatever, right? We always have these judgmental ways of, or we're being trained to be incredibly judgmental of others as well. And the way that I healed that which to me is linked with the sister wound, right? Healing me being incredibly criticizing and overly judgmental to other women was by deciding to see every woman as an expression of the goddess, right? We all have similarities and we all have differences and that is incredibly beautiful. And it's that, that is the magic of it all. And every woman is an expression of the goddess. And in this way, the goddess becomes this holographic fractal, just, you know, constantly gener generating new forms of herself because no human is unique. Uh, it, no human is the same, right? It's all unique. And so every woman is just another whole new expression of the goddess, whole new embodiment, a whole new way that the goddess wants to experience herself in that woman. And that woman is you. That woman is me. And that woman is every sister that is listening to this podcast and every sister that is walking on the earth. And that is such an empowering thought to live by, right? For ourselves and for others. And that is a thought to me that brought so much more love into my life. And it just healed that judgment and it wasn't from a state of like, oh, I'm bad. I'm not supposed to be ju judging people. It was just by changing the narrative of this person is like that into, ooh, this person is an expression of the goddess. All right, that's interesting. So the goddess wanted to experience herself in the form of this um, person with those things and those expressions of that that's incredible. And same in me, ah, in me, she wanted to express herself in this way with this shape of nose and this shape of uh, uh, this color of eyes and whatever. Right. And so that's incredibly beautiful to look at it like that. And this also, I think along the way, we've kind of forgot to look at ourselves as a manifestation of the goddess because of course, with the rise of patriarchy, where the male God kind of took the center stage and the feminine goddess was being um, like shut off or, or, or put down from the stage, which by the way, I don't think that it's bad to have a male God and to have a male God on the stage. I'm just saying like right now, we had before the feminine goddess, then we had the patriarchal times where we had the male god, and now let's bring them both on the stage and just have this incredible, incredible party, this unity. Um, and then, you know, everyone who wants to be in the middle or beyond that also can be on stage, right? It's a party for all, all inclusive. <laughs> um, right, but so the feminine body as the expression of the goddess if I say that and you close your eyes for a moment, if it is safe to do so um, where you are, right? If you're not driving or something. And I say that, imagine now an expression throughout history, any at all, where the, the feminine body was used to express divinity is there an image or a symbol that comes to mind? 
To me, that always goes back to the Venus of Dusseldorf, right? That Venus with those big breasts and hips, that very fertile expression of the goddess. And that is one of the first, at least in, in the history as we know it now, it's been documented uh, today. That's one of the first expressions that we have where we can really see that the feminine bodies was, the feminine body was used as this incredible inspiration for the deity, for a bigger force of, um, mystery that exists beyond us but also in us right because it was a mirror of the feminine body and then throughout history she moves she transforms and she expresses herself differently right it goes into we have inanna in ancient sumeria ishtar in babylon ancient egypt we have hathor isis but sekhmet all these others and then um also of course today whom is very much making an uprival again is mary magdalene who's from the gnostics um who is an expression of the feminine version of the goddess god in energy um there is more right demeter persephone hecate morgana with the celts right the margon but also guinevere and all these other you know beautiful expressions i'm thinking also about the dagda danu right we have so many bridget right <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me to stop naming goddesses because once i'm on a roll i can just keep going <laughs> um right but we have so many beautiful expressions of the goddess that came forth that we have that we can remember once more where the feminine with all her qualities both her her light qualities and her dark qualities which does not mean good and bad qualities because the good and bad is just an old template that is more often than not keeping us stuck in some kind of loop that is not empowering so light and dark qualities both are necessary both are incredibly important right and that's also where in the uh, fourth episode of cyclical living cyclical living podcast i go deeper into with the red and white stream where both streams are to be honored are part of the whole right um so anyway you have all of these expressions of the feminine body and the feminine psyche as well right as time progresses that is the goddess and so we can really reclaim that now and here what i love for you to do is to embody it embody your body as a living temple of the goddess because in if you're a bit into like the modern priestess trainings and the modern priestess rise which is amazing and i call myself a priestess so i'm so much part of that as well and um it's so cool that we have that new rise of um priestesses taking back the stage right taking back her place next to her concert and lover um the male god right but what we can do and what we are invited to do in, in today's world is not so much as going back into the goddess, into the temples where we revere the goddess um, as an outside force, but this is where we really can revere the goddess as an internal force, as your body is the temple of the goddess. And if you are not, and we're not living in these ancient temple complexes as we had in ancient Egypt, Egypt or ancient Greece or, you know, all over the place, 
all over the world in caves or in mega structures. We won't, well, of course we can return and we can create amazing structures where we can create modern day mystery temples, mystery schools, um, but start inside of you first. Start to revere your own body as the temple of the goddess because it is, like I said, that is an expression of the goddess. If the goddess is a sentient um, energy, then she chose to be expressed as you. And so you can also revere yourself. And that is not coming from a place of vanity where, oh, okay, I'm going to revere myself. Now I'm going to be super mean and let people bow down to me and tell me how amazing I am. Of course, if you want to make it kinky and, you know, do some pussy worshiping, of course, that can be incredibly cool if it's with a consenting partner. But, right, there is no power over there. But it is really coming from a place of sovereignty, coming from a place of deep self-love or the willingness to grow and cultivate self-love if you are not yet at a space where you can fully un, you know, unquestionably say that you love yourself. But if you have a desire to do that, then you are already so far on the path. You are already like there, right? And it just requires some more cultivation, some more growth uh, and doing so by revering your body as the temple of the goddess, as the living temple of the goddess is a way of really doing that. And so how do we do that? How do we revere our body as the temple of the goddess? Well, if we, you and I, right now, we would be in an ancient temple that was dedicated to the goddess, hmm, which goddess? Who wants to come forward? Sekhmeth. I was going to say Isis, but Sekhmeth wants to be the goddess. Okay, Sekhmeth, we are in your temple right now, right? We're in ancient Egypt. We are dressed up really nice or maybe not. <laughs> and we are in the temple of Sekhmeth. And we see that at the altar, some of the sand has been swooped in by the wind, right? And there's sand all over. What will we do? How will we tend to that temple? We're going to get out our brooms and we're just going to sweep, sweep the sand and make it clean again and this is an ongoing process because we're living in the desert and sand and wind will never stop coming and so we will keep on cleaning and if we die our sister priestesses will take over and will clean for us right and so <laughs> that is a way that was one of the ways that priestesses would take care of the temple and that is often a way that actually I've never actually done a, a priestess training or heard another uh, training person speak about this, about the cleaning aspect. No, I did um, with another Ob Aubrey Rose, uh, one of the first that I worked with. She did. She did. We had that discussion, um, right? Where um, oftentimes when we speak about becoming a priestess or uh, stepping into that archetype more, we talk about those very cool magical things of manifesting manifestation and maybe some sex magic or maybe some, I don't know, all that kind of cool stuff um, that priestesses used to do. But what we often forget is that the majority of their time, they were probably cleaning the temple. They were probably like scrubbing the tiles or sweeping the sand or, you know, clearing the dust. Um, 
that was a big part of priestess life. And so if we look at our body as that temple, we can clean our body, keep it clean, keep it nice, keep it uh, taken care of. Um, and that can be done by um, taking a beautiful lush bath, right? Instead of a quick shower, give yourself some space to take a bath, pour in some beautiful um herbs right i was talking to the ladies in the dark moon uh, membership that i have where we come together every dark moon to really embody our inner uh, dark goddess archetypes that live within us that have been demonized throughout the patriarchal religion that is the space where we really reclaim them and we reclaim their gifts and their magic and one of the self-care practices uh, that i shared with them was a bath tea and that is basically where you would make a very strong tea like you would double the amount that you'll put in if you were just going to drink it as a beverage you pour hot boiling water over it let it sit for 30 minutes so it's a really strong tea and then you sieve it and you put that water in your bath and then you put warm water with it and then you take your bath just sitting in a basically sitting in a teacup <laughs> and that is another way because the skin also absorbs um a lot of water and so in this way those herbs can have a really beautiful caring uh, aspect for your skin for your body and even deeper you know because it will be absorbed and so that is a beautiful practice that you can do if you know don't have a, a tub in your house you could do a foot bath um right just get a little I don't know how to say it in English, you know, like the basin. I don't think it's the right word, but you get what I mean, like a little foot bath type thingy um, and just do a foot bath. Uh, so that is a way that we can really take care of the body. Yoni steaming is another way um, or which I like to call womb steaming um, because like I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not from the Hindu uh, lineage. So that's why I prefer the word womb steaming. Another one of my personal favorites is womb massage or belly massage, right? Uh, pelvic abdominal massage is another way of naming it. Um, because even if you don't have your physical womb, all these things are incredibly beneficial and incredibly beautiful to do, right? To take care of your temple, because again, it is an, it's a perfectly unique expression of the goddess and, and she willed it. So, and, or, or just by, by expressing it, it is holy, right? Cause that's, that's really an idea that we, we would be so benefit from to ingrain into our knowing into our body is that whatever is, is perfect, whole and complete. And that is the wise woman way which I talk about a lot in Wise Woman Rising. Anyway, so, right, you only, uh, like, boom steaming, womb massage is a really, really beautiful practice to do. Um, and now talking about the courtesans, which I promised to do. So the courtesans are these incredible women um, that took place in the history when patriarchy was really at its height, like at, at its pinnacle. And the majority of women were forced in the kitchen or in the home. Now, of course, um, there were many working women, right? The idea that women didn't need to work in the history 
is true in the upper class, right? Where in the upper class society, it was indeed so that women at that point were excluded from work. But when it came to the to the middle class, the working people, or the peasants, as they would say, uh, the farmers, women were working just as much on the farm, on the land as the men were. The daughters were also working just as much on the land as the, the sons were um, maids, right? Uh, cleaning and cooking in the homes of the more wealthy, all that stuff. So women used to work all the time, uh, but they really were being kept in the kitchen, in the cleaning, in that kind of stuff, unless on the farmer life, which is always a little bit more liberated or has been a little bit more liberated than um, city life. But the courtesans at that point, they were these incredible women who more often than not came from nothing, came from extreme poverty and who really wanted to get the most out of life and who did not accept that they were being sent to the kitchen or uh, that kind of work. They wanted more out of life. And so what did they do? They made sure that they beautified themselves not necessarily because they were the most, right? Because the courtesans were not necessarily the most beautiful women ever. They were just women who knew how to love themselves and how to enhance the features that they really enjoyed about themselves. And because they focused so much more on the features that they loved about themselves and ex ex accentuated them and really worked and took care of them in that way, then it was just people would just see them and experience them as beautiful because they truly embodied what it means to be beautiful. And that is that inner radiance instead of just the outside, you know, good luck, biological features that you've been given or may not have been given. And so the courtesans, they were women who were incredibly powerful in the way that they learned how to walk, talk, dress, take care of themselves and really embody the beauty of their femininity to the fullest. And so they were invited to take part of, well, they were the center of the social life, especially if we're thinking about the Renaissance in Venice or Paris uh, around the Belle Epoque or before, right? These courtesans, they were the center of um, the uh, society of social, the social outward going society and all the men, they were just captivated by her beauty and her amazingness. And they all wanted to spend the night or maybe even more with her. And um, that is just incredibly speaks to the power of what the feminine is capable of. She really learns to look at herself and decide for herself that she is an incredibly beautiful, amazing woman. And that to me does not speak of the beauty as the superficial ways of um, beauty, but no, nothing inside because that also courtesans, they were not dumb women. These were women that often came from extreme poverty and rose to, to be the consort of dukes and kings and right they really did like the whole journey through the social ladder so those are intelligent women you don't get to do that insane journey if you are not intelligent or not resilient right so that is the but that's the the captivating story that the courtesans have is that they really have that 
fullness in them. And it's the fullness of the goddess, the full expression of the femininity, the feminine. The courtesan, she expresses her femininity without shame, without guilt, without restrictions. She is that amazing, vibrant feminine. And so we can definitely learn from the courtesans, right? In that way, where we can embody them more. Um, and I actually really want to dive deeper into the courtesans with my dark moon gals. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to do it, but I'm for sure going to one of these dark moon uh, moments, right? When the moon is uh, in the dark phase, just before new moon. I really want to journey with the archetype of the courtesan because she is just so incredibly empowering, um, right? But what we can learn from them is really to love our uniqueness, strengthen the, the things that we already have going for us and really repeat that to us on a daily basis. So for example, now the invitation for you to do, and that is that rewiring that I was speaking about earlier is instead of when you're looking your, yourself in the mirror, instead of focusing on that feature that you don't like, for example, maybe you think your forehead is too big or something like that. Instead of focusing on the forehead, Focus something that you do like. Maybe you really love your eyes, right? The color of your eyes, the way that they light up when you smile. So smile at yourself and kind of look in the mirror and see if you can captivate your own interest, right? The way that a courtesan would be able to draw a man's interest just by a little glimpse from the other side of the room and a little maybe mischievous smile or something that would just make his butterflies go all up and down his body right do that to yourself like flirt a little bit with yourself when you're looking in the mirror look at your beautiful features um, use your voice in different ways so for example how does your voice sound when you're speaking from your throat how does your voice sound when you're speaking from your mind how does your voice sound when you're speaking from your heart how does your voice sound when you're speaking from your womb or womb space, which energetically is the same magical, beautiful portal. Did you hear that difference in the sound of the voice? Yeah, that power, it's all in you, it's all in your body, and you can embody it and play with it. And right, another thing that the courtesans would do as well is they would, um, they would keep alive the ancient um, tradition of the women of the priestesses which is using creams for their face and they would make these creams themselves based on herbal medicine so again in the wise woman rising course i take women into how to create some of those beauty uh, products which are not just for beautification but also for health sake um, because they're uh, in in the most um products that we can buy in supermarkets and and even the more expensive ones and the apothecaries are full to the brim with uh things that we can't even pronounce right stuff that is not good for our skin nor our health and so creating your own products based on herbal medicine right it's one super easy two super cheap 
like insanely cheap. Um, and three, it's empowering because you're doing it yourself. And four is just really healthy and it enhances your beauty. And also just a knowing of you made your own cream and you're putting it on your skin. And just a knowing that that is something that you created yourself gives such a, such a joy to life and such a, um, pride that doesn't even come close to, oh, I went to the shop and bought myself a thing, which doesn't mean that you can never buy stuff anymore. And that can be incredibly cool as well, giving yourself a gift like that. Um, but yeah, you just decide for yourself what you want to do um, when it comes to creating your beauty products. And if you want to learn, of course, very welcome in the Wise Woman Rising course. Um, but right, creating these beauty products and really enhancing the features that are already beautiful. Um, and that also makes me think of there are some mainstream things that seem very popular for example the way that doing eye makeup there are some mainstream features that are popular but maybe your eyes actually do much better with a little different thing I remember there was a lady whom I used to work with and she would place a little dot with her eyeliner eyeliner under her eyes both and to me, I mean, it, it reminded me of these Nubian queens um, and, and, you know, like the, these, these African queen mothers who would beautifully paint their face and accentuate in that creative way, um, right? And so that's where we can really be inspired by whom do we actually love? What kind of manifestation of uh, beauty do we like for ourselves? How do we enjoy makeup on other people? And if we enjoy it on other people, play with it, make it your own. And of course, I don't want to say like go and, and take other people's cultures. So for example, I know with Inuit people, it's very, um, it's, a, it's a touchy subject when you're putting those same lines on your face without knowing anything of the culture. So I'm not saying like do it in a disrespectful way. I'm saying is be inspired, be inspired by the indigenous earth-based ways of looking at beauty, which to me is what the courtesans did is that they were inspired by the priestesses before them and to me a priestess is just another way of living in an earth-based indigenous way with the land um right so yeah be inspired by that do some research on whom you really love and how you can beautify yourself in that way and know that that beautification is an amazing important part of being and your body and treating your body as a beautiful expression of the goddess as a temple of the goddess because of course we beautify temples so also our bodies right and so yeah that is a little bit of what i wanted to share with you just kind of feel into if something else wants to be mentioned before we close off Yeah, just a little invitation of taking one thing that you heard today that really lit you up, that when you heard it, you were like, wow, yes, I love that. One practice or one uh, piece of information that really fired you up and got you all creative and inspired to do something with, just one and implement it. Try and implement it in your way. You don't have to do it word for word. Make it your own, right? You are sovereign. You are your own creator. 
and do that one thing and then see and feel how it inspires you on this beautiful journey into living and feeling and knowing that your body is a living temple of the goddess. All right. Thank you so much for joining me in this amazing episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast. It was an honor. It was such an honor to share that beautiful knowledge with you and those amazing, amazing, deep um, mysteries that want to be resurfaced and experienced today. Right. All right. Sending you much love. Bye bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, my love. If you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level, then I invite you to check out my offers on my website, wildrosemysteryschool.com or through Instagram where you can find me as deuce.sarah. And for now, sending you much love and cyclical bliss. Bye-bye.